0: Sports Interaction, Sports Book. Hello, everybody. Today on Game Over Ottawa, I finally get to talk about a win for the Ottawa Senators. Obviously, they had the home opener win, but I was there in person having a great time, screaming my lungs out, screaming zoob. But uh, today, get to chill with all you here today, celebrating a great win over the Washington Capitals. the final score, but before we get into that, just going to thank our sponsor, Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's sportsbook. Football continues, the World Series is around the corner, and they have dropped the puck on the hockey season. Bet pre-game, live, in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Made for Canadians by Canadians, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Ontario only, 19+, plus. please play responsibly. Now, back to that fantastic game. It was utter domination in the last two periods by the Ottawa Senators tonight. I do want to get to talking about the first period a little bit too, because there were some interesting things. It wasn't looking like a great game to start off, but we'll start with the positives of those last two periods. Now, one thing that I really liked seeing tonight was that Shabbat had a big impact on the game. I saw a lot of people on Twitter after uh, the first period tonight saying they've been kind of disappointed with Shabbat in the first few games. And I wouldn't say disappointed myself, but he's been a little bit quiet, hasn't really gotten much on the score sheet yet. I think tonight, maybe before tonight, he had like one assist or something like that. And he wasn't exactly driving play too much in terms of offense in the first few games. But in that second period there, Shabbat had some great plays. The uh, the assist on Batherson's second power play goal, he did a great job getting the puck through uh, from his uh, big shot from the point on the power play. That's something I like to see from him. Shabbat doesn't have a history of scoring too many power play goals so and obviously this was an assist not a goal but when you see him get the shot through like that on the power play that's really encouraging and as well uh Shabbat had a great rush chance I can't remember who it was that he uh passed it to I think it was to Norris in front of the net uh Shabbat just rushed in down the right hand side and Norris was uh he kind of streaked in and shabbat's pass kind of leaked through the three defenders three capitals defenders and right to norris he hit the post i've been uh waiting for norris to score a goal because i have him on my fantasy team but that's another thing as well tonight norris had so many chances very unlucky that he didn't score tonight i think he hit the post on two separate occasions he hit the post in the first period as well and uh with on that chance by shabbat there <sighs> sorry I just I have to slow down a little bit losing my breath how are we doing tonight chat comments on Shabbat he was looking much more like himself today Leo I agree he was really driving play he didn't uh he didn't have as many defensive mistakes Papa scruff says Shabbat was quiet in the first couple games but now he's getting back to normal I agree really liked what I saw from Shabbat tonight Hamza, Norris will score eventually. It would be a problem if he wasn't getting the chances. Exactly, I agree. That It's it's worrying when you see a guy who's supposed to be one of your top scorers have zero goals for the first, two, first four games now. Uh, but, like you said, Norris is getting the chances, and I think the goals will come for him eventually. I think he'll be scoring in bunches. He kind of did that last season too. But yeah, he is getting the chances, which is, is the great thing to see. As well, uh, as well as Dubrincic. Now he picked up a an empty net goal. <laughs> it's okay to say Zub takes your breath away. He did. Zub really did take my breath away tonight. I'm uh I'm riding riding on a bit of a high after this game. So hopefully I don't run out of energy too early in the stream here. Uh, but yeah, I was saying debrinkit. another guy who you expect to be scoring a lot of the goals for this team. He was quiet through the first three games on the on the score sheet, but eventually. He did get an empty net here. It's nice to see him rewarded because I feel like he, uh, again with Norris, he's been getting not as many obvious scoring chances, but he's been getting a lot of shots. He's been getting into the right uh, scoring areas on the ice. And uh, I think it was really nice to see him rewarded tonight. Um, just a matter of him gaining chemistry with his new teammates. It's a huge, uh, huge switch from playing with Patrick Kane all the time in Chicago. So, interesting uh, for DeBrinket, He does still have uh, four points through four games, So He picked up a power play assist tonight, which was good. That's, uh, let's see, Leo says he's been gripping his stick way too tight. I think so, too. Like, the finishing just hasn't quite been there yet. I think maybe he's a bit anxious in a new market. He's got to impress the fans. He has high expectations. There's a ton of hype when we traded for him. But uh, yeah, hopefully the floodgates open now. I don't know necessarily if an empty net goal really uh, (laughs) increases your confidence too much because it's about beating a goalie, right? Like beating a goalie with your shots, whereas the empty net is just kind of a gimme once you get that chance. But hopefully it'll help to uh, get off the score sheet. And I see uh, CJ bringing up that uh, Stutzla also had a ton of chances. That's very interesting too, because Stutzla and Kachuk and Bathurston have been putting up crazy points in these, first, especially in the last couple of games. Throughout all the games, Stutzla could easily have like four goals already. I think he just has the one, but uh, so many chances for our guys. It's it's crazy that we scored uh, we scored seven goals last game, five goals this game, and then I'm still talking about guys who haven't scored, <laughs> and it's guys who uh, we expect to be scoring too, but. That just shows the depth on this team, like you saw it in the third period tonight too, the the big goal from the uh, the third line, uh, Pinto, Joseph, and Mott just great forechecking on that play, and Tyler Mott he had a great game, great assist on that goal to Pinto, and I saw someone uh, mention earlier about Pinto, uh, whether or not he has Calder chances, I'm if he keeps scoring, I think I'm gonna be banging the uh, Pinto for Calder drum. I don't know, since he's playing on a third line and other rookies will probably get more ice time and play, maybe playing with better players, I don't know if he'll be able to hang around in like the, the top rookie scoring, but I've been really impressed with Shane Pinto so far, and it helps as well that he gets power play time too. He had, uh, I think his first two goals on the season were power play, or the first one, not not the second one, but yeah, really impressed with Pinto so far tonight, and uh, since I'm talking about the third line... I think uh i have to shout out matthew joseph for that amazing empty net miss in the third period there it would have been really nice to uh <laughs> really nice to get an insurance marker like before the empty net scenario because as much as we dominated throughout the game it uh it was came down to the wire like 5-2 makes it look 5-2 reflects the dominance of the score but those empty nets like really pad the stats like if Joseph could put that away there, that would have been great. But even though we didn't get that last insurance goal before the empty net, I have to say I love the way that the team played in the final two periods tonight in terms of keeping the pressure on the Washington defense even after we went up 3-2. to two. Because a theme with the Sens, I feel like, for the past decade, even when they were good, especially with in like the Boucher era, the Guy Boucher hockey, we would really turtle when we had the lead. And it would result in a lot of games where you would have the lead, and that would almost, uh, as a fan, it would almost be scarier playing with a lead to me because every time we go up by a couple goals it'd be like, "Oh God, they're, as soon as they get one, like the floodgates are gonna open, and they're just going to come right back at us. But tonight, I didn't feel that way at all. Like even after Pinto scored the goal to go up three to two, the sense just kept rolling, kept the four check going and created a whole bunch more chances. Like, Darcy Kemper, his stats probably aren't looking the best after tonight, but he really kept Washington in the game there. As uh, CJ says in the chat here, he's underrated last year. I think so, too. He didn't have the greatest stats in the playoffs, but he had, like, Vezina numbers during the regular season almost. So I know Washington's defense isn't as good, so uh, his numbers are probably going to slip quite a bit this year, but he's still a really good, really good goalie. And he held Washington in the game there tonight. And I was talking about the Sens' third line. I also want to shout out their fourth line. In the first period, they did have a brutal shift where they ended up hemmed in in the zone for almost like two minutes. I think Hamanek, who was the D on that line, he ended up being out for like two and a half minutes. And that got me kind of pessimistic on the fourth line just because, like... Watson has a lot of experience, but Kelly and Costellic are still rookies, right? And sometimes when you're running a, a physical fourth line out there and they're rookies, it can be uh, tough for them to handle defensive responsibility. But we and we kind of saw it there on that in that first period. but the fourth line really turned things around in the second and third period. There was a shift towards the end of the second where uh, they were just crashing and banging. I think each of Watson, Kelly, and Costellic, each threw like a really big hit leading up to that huge hit by Kelly. I think it was on John Carlson. That was a really awesome shift to see. We The Sens already had a lot of momentum in the game at that point, but it was just uh, nice to see the f- imposing physical play just kind of showing Washington, like, you're not going to shove us around if you think... Like, if you think you can bring in physical play to try to get things back on your side, it's not going to happen. So it was nice to see the fourth line kind of show them who's boss there. And then I also want to point out on that play by Kelly when he hit Carlson, and then I think it was Connor McMichael came and uh, he kind of jumped him. I'm surprised that that wasn't an instigator penalty. Like, I feel like that's the whole reason that the instigator penalty exists. I don't know... uh, what people in chat think about that one, whether or not it should have been an instigator penalty, but it's like a totally clean hit. And I feel like from a referee's standpoint, if you're not going to be uh, assessing a penalty on that hit, and then you see a player immediately skate over and just jump the guy, like, isn't that why instigator is in the rule book? Like, it seems kind of textbook to me. So I was a little bit bothered by that because I don't like seeing the flow of play broken up for, like, kind of a needless fight. Like, I guess McMichael wanted to stand up for his teammate, but it's not like it was a dirty hit or something. I'm seeing uh, some people in the chat agreeing that it should have been an instigator. We might be biased as sense fans, but I feel like that was a textbook example of it, really. And uh, let's see, Papa says, Our fourth line plays good heavy hockey, where if you have the puck, you regret it. If the fourth line does, they also don't give it up super easy. I agree. I really like the physicality that they brought. Again, in the first period, felt like they were behind the play a little bit, getting hemmed in. I know they were out there against Ovechkin a couple times, which was rough, but throughout the game, they were able to uh, up the pace and really uh, bring the physical play as well. So I was really impressed by them tonight. Hamza says, DJ Smith said that the Sanderson hit woke everyone up. That's another thing I wanted to point out too. I have the highlight of that Sanderson hit. I saw some people on, on Twitter saying that they thought it was boarding. I thought it looked clean to me. It just looked like the Washington player finishing his check. I, I wonder, I, I wonder what really caused Sanderson to start bleeding there. At first I thought maybe like the Washington player's helmet might've hit him. Maybe got him in the nose or something. Maybe, uh, maybe his face hit the glass. But uh, that was rough. I I was scared for Sanderson there, but thankfully he came back, I think, in the same period. (laughs) I I hadn't even realized that he was back in the game. And then he just, he skated in out of nowhere as Ovechkin was coming down the wing, laid a huge hit on him, and just dispossessed him of the puck so easily. And that's tough to do against Ovechkin. So that was really nice to see Sanderson as well bring a bit of physicality because I think he's more of a defender who relies on his stick work, but that was a really great play. He just, it was like the great return of Sanderson didn't know he was uh, coming back to the game and then he just comes in, crushes Ovechkin into the boards. So that was a great moment that I, I wanted to highlight here. Now, since I was talking about the, uh, the referees and that instant missed instigator call, I also wanted to talk about the referees in the first period because I feel like the main reason that the first period kind of went to crap was because of those penalty calls. Now, the first call on Oshi the trip, I feel like that was really soft. Like, every time I look at the replay, it kind of looks to me like Oshi is already, like, losing his edge. He's already, he's turning at a weird angle. His body is kind of off balance. And Anderson's stick, like, barely touches Oshi's skate. So I was kind of surprised they called that one. And then, of course, Hamannik, the delay of game immediately after that. I heard, I saw Mark Mathot on Twitter saying that the puck hit the glass and that it shouldn't have been delay on game, or delay of game. But it was really hard to tell in the replays, so I don't blame the referees as much for missing that one. But uh, that was really unfortunate because the five on three totally swung momentum in Washington's favor, and that was really like that sequence there, just killed the Sands' momentum for the rest of the period like for the second and third periods the Senators thankfully managed to get the momentum back and they outshot Washington by a huge margin but in the first period there I think maybe it's a mental thing when you get penalties that seem kind of soft or unlucky like delay of game and you feel like ah, oh, we're just getting kind of screwed over here but they just uh the Sens lost their legs for the rest of the period up after that and it was unfortunate as well that Oshi's goal, the first goal, came with five seconds remaining in the 5-on-3. That's another thing that might have got the players down a bit, is like, if you had just lasted five more seconds there, then the second power play doesn't even happen. And then, of course, they scored on that too, so it's like, it was kind of bad luck that this ends were trailing to nothing in the first place. I mean, obviously you have to take what you're given in terms of game situations and killing penalties, but... I don't know. It was was a little bit unlucky. That was really the only time that Washington had a lot of pressure tonight was on those power plays. Other than that, their scoring chances were pretty minimal and pretty spread out, I thought. like They had no Backstrom, no Wilson, no Connor Brown, which was kind of sad. I kind of wanted to see him return to the CTC, although at least he didn't have a chance to score against us, so that's nice. And no Kuznetsov, too. I think Kuznetsov was a really important loss, like, for Washington tonight. They really could have used his offensive creativity. I mean, they were still able to work things around on the power play, but on even strength, I really didn't see much, uh, much playmaking going on. So we're a little bit fortunate that Kuznetsov ended up missing this game. Although, if you ask me, I think he should have, uh, he should miss a few more than just one game. But NHL disagrees. I don't really know what they're thinking with that. Now Hamza in the chat points out that the Sens won 64% of the faceoffs in this game. That was another thing I wanted to bring up. I saw that after two periods, they were uh, they were leading it by 63%, and that's one thing that I'm really glad to see improvement on early in the season because I feel like ever since like Pajot has been gone, the Sens have not been good at faceoffs. You wouldn't really expect like a bottom team to be good at faceoffs anyway, but I feel like that's just something that's easy to improve. That even if you are a bad team, it's an area of the game that doesn't that can be learned, right? It doesn't require a lot of innate skill to be really good at faceoffs. So it's really nice to see that they've uh, improved on that so far this season. I think their faceoff percentages were solid in the other three games too. I wonder if it's a bit of the Claude Giroux effect, because we know that he's been really good at face-offs throughout his career. Maybe he's a, a bit of an extra coach, teaching the guys out there. Yeah, I'm, so I'm really glad he's there too to teach them. I think Giroux would be a really important veteran presence for the team this year, just kind of helping them manage the highs and lows of this season, and within games, and just the little things like that. Obviously, face-offs is like an expertise for him, but... Just that veteran presence really brings a lot to a team that the Sens really need. Hopefully, you'd like to see more veterans added in the future, too, but Giroux is like the perfect guy to have right at the beginning. It's like a veteran like that who's kind of like a legendary player for the past decade. Just being able to insert that into your top six and into your leadership group. We are really fortunate that uh, Giroux wanted to come home. And, uh, yeah, Leo Giroux has been helping a lot, I hear. I think so too. And I thought he was a little bit quiet out there on the ice tonight. wasn't the most, uh, noticeable, but I think the line with Giroux, Debrinket, and Norris has been steadily improving. As we were saying earlier, they're getting the scoring chances and just not so much the results so far. I see the chat shouting out Tim Stutzla as well. Hamza says, Stutzla's defensive work was fantastic this game, made several key stops. And Leo says, uh, Giroud has been hearing, or he's been hearing that Giroud has been working with Timmy a lot. I think uh, Stutzla has had a very good two way game so far through the first four games. On both sides of the puck, he's been really solid. And. He's, he's had so many chances to score, too. I think it's, uh, it won't be long before we see him uh, putting up big points this year. And it's great that uh, he's improved on the defensive side of the puck as well. Because when you see your top two centers being so young in Norris and Stutzla, obviously, with most young centers, defense isn't exactly the first priority. Like The reason that you get into an NHL top six so quickly as a young player is usually because of your offensive talent. So it's great to see Stutzla uh, putting in the work defensively. And I wanted to uh, point out tonight as well, the attendance was apparently 14,210. I feel like that's a bit of a drop-off. like Because I was at the home opener, the building was absolutely rocking. I'll have to hear from Charlie and his buddy how it was tonight in terms of the atmosphere in the crowd. But uh I think that's about a drop off of like 5,000 people. So I hope that uh sense fans continue to show up throughout the year. I think if we averaged about 14,000, like that wouldn't be too bad. It's definitely an improvement over uh the past few seasons where we were dipping to like 10k or less, but I don't know. I hope to I hope to see those numbers go back up a little bit more and uh, Leo's asking if I have any thoughts on Forsberg. Forsberg was definitely fantastic again tonight. That save that he made, I think, was it on Mantha? I can't remember who it was, that left-handed shot on the right-hand side, but you all know what I'm talking about. On the In the third period, I think we were up 3-2 already at that point. That was a game saver. He absolutely robbed that guy, and Forsberg was just solid all night. He, he was keeping the rebounds pretty... Uh, Pretty tight. He wasn't uh, given given up too much. He was really solid and just shutting shutting the Capitals down. They didn't have too many second chances and stuff like that. I think it wasn't uh, wasn't the busiest game for Forsberg, especially uh, compared to against Toronto and Boston so much. Like I didn't think we gave up too many scoring chances against Boston. They just happened to get kind of lucky and capitalize on what they had, but. Only, only, it was only like, it was like barely over 20 shots for Forsberg tonight, but it's good to see that even though he wasn't super busy, he was still on his game and was able to come up with a huge save there in the third period. Hamza says, I assume we go with Helberg on Saturday to rest Forsberg. He needs the rest. I was thinking that too uh, near the end of the game. Like, Arizona has been kind of the destroyed in every game, except for the one against the Leafs. So I feel like that's where you can sneak Helberg in, because we don't want to have uh, Forsberg play every game until Talbot comes back. That would just be really rough on him, in my opinion. You don't want to burn him out too early in the season. I remembered through uh, following the SDP a lot that in previous Leaf seasons, they would have uh, Frederick Anderson kind of getting burnt out by playoff time just because they didn't have the right backup goalies after they lost Curtis McElhaney. So if they can get Hellberg in there, I think Arizona is a really good uh, spot to put him in there because it's at home, you can control the matchups, and it should be a soft opponent. Like, I don't want to speak too soon because then I might be coming on here on Saturday and raging about how we lost against Arizona, but I think it would be safe to put Hellberg in against them. But, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Because, yeah, it'll probably be close to December by the time Talbot comes back. And you, you really, I really wouldn't want to see our starter playing every single game before then. And after the Arizona game, you have tougher competition in Dallas and presumably Minnesota, because I don't know how they're doing against the Canucks right now, but they're winless at the moment, which is surprising. But... Definitely tougher competition than Arizona. So I think you need Forsberg for both those games. Luckily, it's not uh, back-to-back situations for a while. But you should still get uh, some rest for your starting goalie every now and then. And Hamza also says that Talbot is starting to do exercises on the ice, which is good, a couple weeks out. Hopefully sooner than uh, December for a return for him. That, that That would be great. And also saying that the Wild are tied 3-3. That's. <laughs> I found that to be a funny matchup tonight because Vancouver, winless, just played Columbus, who were winless, gave them a win. And then, now they play Minnesota, who's also winless. So, <laughs> the, Vancouver might be handing out wins here. We'll see if we'll be able to get uh, one for themselves. Yeah, just looking over, over my notes here to see what else I wanted to point out. I have a a chart open here of the Corsi, the five v five shots, and that throughout the game. And I'm not a advanced stats expert, but I see I see the line go up on the graph, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right from what I watched. There's that there's a little dip at the end of the first period after uh, the two Washington goals. I feel like the team was really deflated, but they were mentally tough tonight. They stay they stuck with it after that tough start, and then just dominated for the rest of the game. So that was really encouraging to see because I feel like in the past, this team has kind of, kind of folded after quick goals like that and tough moments, but they were really strong tonight. I would have to say pretty much every player on the roster was good tonight. I didn't have any specific player to point out that I was disappointed in their play. Like at the beginning of the game, I was kind of wondering about Hamannik because of that delay of game penalty, where it was kind of an unforced error. He had a lot of time to clear the puck. Like, there was no one really pressuring him, and he just puts it straight out. But for the rest of the game, I thought he did fine. It's not like uh, Washington had too much pressure in the last two periods, so he didn't have to... uh, Like, it's not like he was relied upon too much to, like, break up the cycle or anything like that. Hamza says, found it funny... Almost felt bad for the Caps that we outshot them 33-8 to or something like that in the last two periods. Yeah, it's it's always painful to watch a game like that when your team is the one getting heavily outshot. I've seen a lot of that in the last few years as a Sens fan. I'm sure you all know what I mean. But So it was really nice tonight to see the exact opposite of just absolutely dominating a team 5-on-5. Five five. CJ says, I loved it. It's usually always 40 shots against us. Papa says, we are also not doing chip and chase offense anymore. I think there was a little bit of that, but less of it tonight. I think we were able to create more with our speed tonight and not so much have to uh, rely on dump and chase. More uh, more plays where we are carrying the puck into the zone and able to uh, pull off passing plays and stuff like that. I don't mind the chip and chase too much so far at the start of the season because... Especially against Boston, and a little bit tonight here on that winning goal, we've created a lot of turnovers off the forecheck, which has been really good to see. Like, when if you dump it in, we have seem to have the type of forwards where if you dump it in, defenders are going to get scared of our of the forecheckers coming in. Like, you have Brady coming at you on one side, you have Batherson, who's a big guy as well, coming in on the other side. That's not a not a fun time for a defender and. Norris has been good on the forecheck as well. Joseph is so fast, he'll get on you instantly in the corner. So I, I actually don't mind the dump and chase strategy too much so far. But it's nice that we didn't have to totally rely on it tonight too. Yeah, Hamza says it was mainly for changing lines. Exactly. <laughs> Craig Anderson looking at the shots, thinking why could you not give me 20 shot games? Yeah, all the Sens former goalies wish that they could have had a game like tonight. There's one thing, one stat that I noticed, I don't know if it ended up, I don't know how it ended up at the very end, but after two periods, the giveaways were three by Washington and 12 by Ottawa. That's one thing that I was a little bit worried about when I noticed that stat. I think most of that probably came from the first period, Uh, as I've said about how whack that first period was because we really turned it around in the second, but I think maybe, maybe the giveaways stat is just kind of, cause we had the puck more. I don't know if it's, uh, something to look into too much. It just, I saw that and it's like 12 to three is a pretty big discrepancy. But now that I think about it, I'm like, I'm convincing myself. I'm like, we just had the puck a lot. So that's the only reason we turned it over. I don't know if that makes much sense, but Washington finished with six giveaways. Okay. They caught, caught up a little bit. We we forced some more turnovers there. Tate says, gotta get Zub a deal pronto. He's looked great. Yeah, what can you say about Artem Zub? He was just fantastic again tonight. I wish I could have been in the building again, screaming Zub. I love hearing the fans every time he makes any play. He blocks a shot, he makes a hit, get, gets a good scoring chance. is just Zub. It, it's beautiful. It's nice to be able to have a player-specific chant like that. And he's... Such a good player as well. I, I agree. We really need to get him locked up soon. It's uh, the inter- interesting situation when it's a contract year because the player and the agent got to know that if Zub just keeps playing fantastic, that uh, the price is just going to keep going up. Whereas if they had agreed to a deal sooner or even now, like it could be kind of team friendly. I'm worried that Zub will maybe price himself out of Ottawa because he seems to be a great find. Um, and, but here's the thing, if we stay in the playoff race, I got to think that we get him locked up. If we don't, I am worried that Dorian might decide to use him as a trade ship at the deadline because you could really cash in on him. You could probably, you'd get a first plus for a shutdown right-handed top 4D at the trade deadline. That's a huge asset, but with the way the Sens play tonight, I won't be worried about that scenario. I was, uh, Really impressed, just a dominant performance tonight. I think uh, we're in for an exciting season. And with that, I think we'll start to wrap it up. I want to remind everyone to like the video, subscribe to STPN on YouTube, and leave some comments down below after the stream. Let me know what you thought of tonight's game. I will see you all back here on Saturday after the Arizona game. See ya.